Troy, I got a question for you. I'm going to say a word. I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Botox. Crow's feet. Okay. <laughs> Mitch, <laughs> Botox. Wrinkles. All right. Okay. That's, that's the same for me. Crow's feet and wrinkles. Today on Who Cares About Men's Health, we're going to talk about Botox, not only for a more youthful appearance, but also some other things that it can treat that men might find useful. And also we're going to answer the question, is it safe? This is Who Cares About Men's Health, providing information, inspiration, and a different interpretation of men's health. I'm curious if you might have a different opinion about Botox by the end of this episode. We're going to find that out. My name is Scott Singpill. I bring the BS. The MD to my BS is Dr. Troy Madsen. Hey, Scott. I'm excited to learn about Botox for something besides my wrinkles. All right. A guy who's working on his health and is always has a unique perspective. Mitch Sears is on the show. I'm curious because TikTok keeps telling me in my 30s I should start preventative Botox, and that oh. worries me. Okay, sure. Like, am I doing something wrong? You know? Yeah. And Dr. Sarah Kina, Director of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery in the Department of Otolaryngology at University of Utah Health. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to blow your minds about the <laughs> other uses of Botox or botulinum toxin. Yeah, I, no, this is great. I actually confident. looked it up and it was really shocking, uh, you know, some of the other things that Botox can do, because at the beginning of the show, as we all said, we tend to think about crow's feet or wrinkles, mm -hmm. you know, using it for um, get a younger, more youthful appearance. Right. And a lot of times guys hear that word, too. And um, we, we, we have that misconception that maybe it's not for us. Right. And mm -hmm. Mitch, you had a similar experience. Tell us about how you reacted when you heard that you needed Botox for another reason. Oh, frustrating. Uh, like, so I had Bell's palsy, right? We've talked about it. It's another episode. We can direct you towards it. Um, but one of the weird after effects was that I have a thing called crocodile tear syndrome, which means when I eat, my eye will sometimes tear up like big, big tears sometimes, whatever. It depends on what I'm eating, et cetera. And it just is a nerve that didn't quite, you know, match up right. And so I went to the ophthalmologist and they looked at it and the potential treatment was uh, Botox in that area to see if we couldn't numb up the nerve that was misconnected. And unfortunately, I immediately just said, nah, I don't do Botox, right? Like, I don't even know where that comes from. This idea like, yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but no, that's not for me. I'm a man, right? How dumb is that? But then like afterwards, I found out like, you know, I thought about it and whatever. And there's some other things that I wasn't quite super excited about. I'm, but... Yeah, the second that word Botox came out, I shut down like very quickly. Oh, I think I would do the same thing, Mitch. Yeah, if I had to tell people I'm going in for my Botox injections, I think right? I, number one, I wouldn't tell people that. But if I had to admit it, I would be embarrassed. Yeah, it's like oh. you would rather cry when you eat, huh? <laughs> I'd rather cry, just rather yep. tear up. Yep. I would, tell somebody you were getting, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Kina, is this how guys typically respond when they hear Botox, that word? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's funny because in, in like the zeitgeist in our society, right, it's become so synonymous with cosmetics and appearance. And then people think, oh, it's mostly for, for women. But there's so many different ways that we can use it. And, you know, you know, so stepping back, uh, it's actually, you know, Botox is a brand, first of all. So it stands for, you know, it's a type of botulinum toxin. So if we want to be more cool, if you want, we can say the toxin. So you yeah, can 
say you're, you're, you're going in for your toxin treatment. That's right? rad. <laughs> I love that. Okay. That's right. All like right. That. So here before we'll say toxin. So your toxin treatments, the, you know, the best way to think about it is it's this really cool drug that we can use that basically shuts off muscles right at the junction that the nerve is giving them input. So when you think about it like that, you know, this toxin can be used to basically shut down any muscle that we feel like is not working well. You know, so in Mitch's case, one of the kind of muscles that I think that you're talking about treating for the crocodile tears, it's basically um, things around the lacrimal gland. So we can use it to, you know, stop that gland from secreting things because you're you're affecting that muscle function. You know, and another way that we can do that in a similar case, which probably a lot of people don't know, is you can actually use toxin to treat oversweating. So, so I, yeah, so actually there are, especially a lot of men who use it, actually we can use it in, you know, your armpits or other areas that you feel like you're sweating a ton and it's, you know, embarrassing or you're just not into it. We can treat that with Botox, that or toxin, as they're saying. (laughs) Uh, uh, But that does require, you know, a little bit of higher doses than we're typically talking about, uh, versus things like wrinkles. But but yeah, so that's one option that we can do. Another really great use of toxin is in your masseter muscles to stop teeth grinding. Do either do any of you guys teeth grind? Yeah. Fancy, yeah. fancy word bruxism. Yeah. Yeah. So that masseter muscle is often the culprit in what's really causing that grinding. And uh, fun side note. So my my husband was very much like you guys and, and was very anti all sorts of toxin treatment. Um, but when I told him about this and he had been having a lot of struggle with teeth grinding and stress, things like that, he actually let me attempt to treat his masseter and his teeth grinding stopped. It was amazing. And to this day, this is actually two years later, he is still not grinding his teeth, I think, because his body just learned to adapt without it a little bit. Sure. After one injection. After, yeah, after one series of of treatment. Yeah. Important things to just remember, you know, for both for toxin treatment, uh, it does take, you know, about a week to, to bring into effect. And then it only lasts three to four months. So you do have to know that. So typically that effect wears off. You know, some people are able to use that for teeth grinding, for instance, just to have kind of rewire their body a little bit. Other people certainly need treatment still every three to four months. Um, but it, it's a great way to, like I said, selectively stop these muscles from overactivating and to, you know, help you in whatever whatever that means for you for that muscle. And what about things like facial twitches? If someone mm-hmm. notices like their face gets kind of twitchy when they get anxious or something like that, have you used it for that? Yeah. So blepharospasm or, you know, that twitching around the eyes that can happen when people are stressed, tired, things like that. Super common indication and actually one of the first indications for using Botox uh, or toxin. <laughs> so so toxin initially was actually developed and in, in, in promoted in the 80s by ophthalmologists who were treating something called strabismus or, you know, basically crossed eyes, right, where your, your eyes oh. are misaligning. Yeah. And that was one of the first uses in humans. And then quickly after that, they realized they could use it for blepharospasm or the spasms around the eyes. And then, that, you know, that led to saying, hey, 
we don't have gross feet anymore. How exciting. That's right. So that was a side effect of all um, the initial use of, of toxin. So that's how we, you know, started to develop in the market. And, you know, all jokes aside, there's some very serious, you know, other medical conditions that we can treat with, with toxin. One of the other things in, you know, my field of otolaryngology is for people who have spasms in their larynx. So you can have these spasms that really prevent you from having normal speech and normal talking patterns. And our laryngologists or throat specialists are able to basically direct toxin to those specific muscles and help shut that down so people can talk normally. Uh, another really common indication, probably more than that, is things like migraines or, you know, any mus- anything that you can think of that's, you know, a muscle chronically or mis- misfiring where we can kind of gently turn that off. Now, it's a little tough because the dosages are obviously all different for different areas. So depending on what you want to treat and, you know, what the indication is, insurance can cover some. So Mitch, if you'd, you know, gone forward with your crocodile tears, uh, it's likely that insurance could cover that because that's, you know, a medical um, disease and illness that you're treating with it. Certainly for cosmetic things like the crow's feet uh, and, you know, forehead wrinkles, things like that, that that is out of pocket. And where would you do an injection for a migraine? Yeah, so you can inject things like the temporalis muscles um, and sometimes even behind. Our neurology colleagues do treatments for that typically. Um, but yeah, there's there's different things that we can work. And, you know, for me, so I used to get a lot of tension headaches. Uh, and when I started doing, getting toxin for my forehead wrinkles, actually my tension headaches went away because oh, I think wow. I wasn't, you know, contracting or, you know, squeezing my brow angrily all the time. <laughs> wow. I don't actually do that for the record. But. <laughs> you don't sound like an angry person, so I can't That's imagine good. that. But huh. well, well, I can't contract my brow right now. So I oh, 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 oh. Because, uh, because of the toxin. Shut that muscle down. Toxin. Yes, right. Right. Very, very smooth and content all the time now. <laughs> so what is, the, what is the actual name of it, not the brand name? So botulinum toxin. That's that's the actual name. I don't and, know. That doesn't sound too good to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like on one hand, it sounds cool because, you know, oh, I'm tough. I'm taking my toxin. But on the other hand, is that safe? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, we've you, we, there's very little um, side effects. So a few important things is that whenever that toxin is injected, it can diffuse to other things in the area. And this is a little dependent, of course, on where it's injected, what the concentration it's injected at, uh, sorts of things like that. So you do have to be careful. And that's why, you know, I always recommend going to someone who knows what they're doing and is very familiar in the anatomy and structures and whatever area that they're injecting. Um, But it's relatively safe. You know, the nice thing again is that while it takes often five to seven days to act, it goes away in three to four months, you know? So if you don't like whatever the action is, it will wash out eventually. Uh, very few people do have allergies to to toxin. Um, if you have egg allergies, actually, the botulinum toxin A in Botox, for instance, is formulated uh, with with egg proteins, albumin. So you have to be a little bit careful to to just think about that. Um, and if you have other things like neuromuscular diseases or disorders, yes, you def- definitely have to be very careful about the effects of it. Um, also, certain antibiotics like aminoglycosides. Um, Botulinum toxin can potentiate some of the effects of that. But, you know, outside of those pretty specific circumstances, it's got a really safe profile for use in a lot of different ways. 
I've heard of something else called botulism. Is it related to that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the toxin is the same, believe it or not. So that okay. is how, uh, you know, they initially learned about it. And yes, that's a, that's a serious disease that is more, um, you know, if you have canned food, right, like cans that are crushed or look funny or things like that, those can harbor botulinum toxin. Um, honey can actually technically uh, have, have some uh, relation to that too, but but not in the not in the ways of being mostly just um, serious for like babies and infants, things like sure. that. But the way you're using it, it's yeah, very it different. Safe. It's not. I'm not getting any of that illness. Correct. Okay. Yes, you're not getting any of that illness from from an injection of the toxin. Yeah. Yeah. My one piece of advice, Scott, would be to avoid botulism. Don't drink Pruno. It's a prison wine. <laughs> <laughs> we had a big case series. We published it. Um, oh. A bunch of prisoners who unfortunately drank really? that. And, and yeah, they had a potato in it, which was the source of the botulism. But uh, yeah, it was a big CDC report that we published with multiple prisoners. So yeah, mm -hmm. if you want to avoid, avoid botulism, but this is not botulism. I think no. that's the point here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. You're not putting yourself at risk of botulism. Yes, correct. So yeah. it has a lot of really, really cool uses. The sweating thing, I bet you for some guys could really be a game changer. You know, we talk about the core four and emotional and mental health is one of them. And if it makes you self-conscious or mm -hmm. anything like that, lazy eyes, I think you mentioned that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. any sort of spasm disorder to, you know, to remove that from your life, I would imagine can be a great thing. Do you have any guys that have ever used it for those purposes and how did it change their lives? Yeah, you know, the, I think the sweating thing in particular, um, I remember a patient uh, a few years ago who came in, it was a gift from his mom for his like 19th or maybe his 18th birthday because he was going to be taking prom pictures soon and oh. he didn't want to sweat through his shirt during prom, oh, which was so actually nice. a really sweet yeah. gift I yeah. thought from his mom. Yeah. So, you know, small things like that. Yeah, I mean, they can make a big difference in people's lives. Yeah. Like sweaty palms. People yeah. use it for that. You know, I've I've not personally done that, but I think in theory you could. When you're treating large areas like that, you you know, again, you do have to be a little bit careful because it's probably just going to be a high dose. So it might just mm -hmm. be a little bit dose limited in terms of having to inject all these little areas there. The other tough part there, right, is you wouldn't want to turn off the muscles in your hand. Right. So. <laughs> sure. yeah. I can get so, off. Yeah, a little. You know, it's always a balance. We you can inject it in glands, things like that. But uh, but yeah, if you're injecting around muscles, you have to be prepared that it might diffuse a little bit. <laughs> so it can do a lot of really cool things. And, you know, since you're here, let's talk about <laughs> using it to remove wrinkles. I'm just yeah. you know, gathering information. I'm not yeah, saying yes. it's for asking me. for a friend. For a friend. I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, actually, I want to throw that out. Mitch, you had mentioned that uh, it had been recommended that maybe, yeah. uh, well, uh, on the internet, that it, that you'd start doing some preemptive. Botox. Oh, no, I have a friend in my life who has also said it's not that big of a deal. And if you start now, you'll never have wrinkles. All right. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Have you considered ever using Botox? Oh. Appearance? See, I have a pretty useful appearance anyway. And I've the rule I've always told me is as long as I could play a high schooler on a CW original, I am okay. All right. But there is a part of me that does wonder, like, I, I don't know. My, I don't particularly love, you know, the idea of becoming super duper wrinkly. Like, maybe. I'm like, sure. I'm like open to it, but I'm not like super excited about it. What would your dad have to say about all this? I don't know. He's probably listening right now. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll get an email. <laughs> Boy, is this anything you've ever considered? 
Uh, Botox, I haven't seriously considered it. No, it's probably crossed my mind because I'm at a point in life where I do see more wrinkles appearing. Um, so, it, but I, I can't say I've ever really looked into it beyond thinking, huh, maybe. Well, fair enough. And I, and I think a lot of patients and especially men are, are in that boat, but it is nice because from that, you know, Mitch, you asked earlier, I think about the preventative part. So Botox or toxin can't take away wrinkles that are already formed. So when I, yeah, when I think of wrinkles, you know, there's both static wrinkles and dynamic wrinkles. So when we're young, right, if I, you know, raise my eyebrows, right, you can see typical, you know, areas where my muscle is causing contraction of the skin that's causing temporary wrinkles. But when I relax, you can't see any of those wrinkles versus, you know, in another 20 years, unless I keep my toxin up, (laughs) then, then those wrinkles are kind of permanently etched in the skin. So important distinction. Yeah. Toxin can't take the permanent wrinkles Mm -hmm. away because that's just part of your skin at that point. But it can always, you know, as we said, inactivate the muscle under it. So for forehead wrinkles, for instance, that's the frontalis muscle. So we can make that muscle, you know, calm down, be much less active with the toxin, and then you're not actively working to keep forming those wrinkles. So that's why it can still help even if you have static wrinkles that are there. What are other wrinkle locations that could help? So crow's feet, if I already have them, that's not Mm going to help that, right? Yeah, you know, it will, it still will make, I think, the appearance of the deep wrinkles less, right? Because if you have the crow's feet, yes, they're there. But if you're not activating the muscle all around it, it can still look a little bit softer, a little bit less aged mm. overall, right? Okay. Mm. Um, for other areas, so we talked about the forehead, the between the eyes area, that brow, that's another super common one. And especially for men, right? It's that kind of furrowed, angry brow look. We call those the 11 lines because it leads to those, you know, two often horizontal lines in the very middle of your forehead. Those can respond really well to Botox. And again, if you have permanent wrinkles there, it's not going to, or static wrinkles, not going to take them away, but it does soften the overall appearance of your brow can help you look a little bit less angry or things like that. Do, um, how many men do you see in your office that actually come in and get treatment and what are their reasons? Because I had read somewhere that Botox is just exploded among men. Like, yeah. like I think a 400% increase in treatment since 2000. Wow. So a lot more men are getting it nowadays. Yeah. So like, why are they doing that? Yeah. And most of it is for appearance. So, so yes, overall, you know, for my patients coming in for, for toxin treatments, less than, you know, maybe it's certainly a minority. I would say probably at this point, maybe five to 10%. But among those men, certainly things like the forehead wrinkles, but the the masseters is also another really common indication, right? For people who don't want to or try to stop grinding their teeth. Mm. Uh, that's another actually great thing that I'm getting more folks coming in for because I'm glad that it's getting out there. That's something that we can use toxin for. Yeah. Uh, I Googled a couple things because I was curious. I was like, mm. gosh, is it vain that I want to get rid of my wrinkles? For me, it's not actually wrinkles. I don't think Botox is the, the solution to my mm. problem. I have these bags under my eyes. I look like I'm uh, constantly okay. fatigued. Yeah. Botox isn't going to help that. And, no. and I, yeah. yeah. And I never thought I would think about getting any sort of like cosmetic anything mm-hmm. until we came into this world of Zoom. Right. Yes, and I'm looking yes. at my face all the freaking time. And I just look yeah. so run down and so tired. And I'm afraid people in the office are going to think that, like, does he ever sleep? He mm-hmm. looks sleepy. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, social media was one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, well, you know, again, that's kind of vain. But then it said online dating. Well, yeah. okay, sure. right? We're representing ourselves in a completely different way than we've ever had to. Our dads or grandfathers have ever had to. In high resolution, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so do, do you guys come in for those reasons? And Yes, absolutely. I had a patient the other day who was telling me that, you know, he's, you know, a little bit upper level in his company now, but he feels like some of the other people in the company are, you know, much younger than him and seem more youthful. And, you know, he gets embarrassed on these Zoom calls where he feels like he's, you know, the old person in the group and he just wanted to feel more, more youthful. So, so talk to him about things like facelifts, you know, bluff, um, blepharoplasty. So you can, that's the under eye or over eye surgery where we try to help reduce that evidence of the extra skin and the bags, things like that. And, you know, he's really excited to, to get a little bit more of a youthful appearance just so he feels like he can, you know, stand up with the younger folks in his company. Right. I was going to say, what about the, the, the big thing I've heard with Botox is kind of the mask face where mm-hmm. you get to where you always look like you know, no, you're so hard. Yeah. Doesn't like, change. You're a Barbie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is that yeah. is that common, or are people just overdoing it when that yeah. sort of thing happens? Yeah, I call that a frozen face or like freezing yeah. someone out. I don't like to do that, you know. And and when you have an injector that you're going to, I think talking about what your expectations and what your goals are is super important. And then having your injector listen to you and make sure they're not um, overdosing things to freeze things out is important. So, you know, when folks come to see me, I talk through exactly what they're interested in getting. We talk through, you know, wrinkles often. uh, And then I discuss my normal dosages. And usually I like to err on the lower side, right? I never want to freeze someone out. That's just my preference. Um, So starting on lower ends of dosage, and then always coming back for touch-ups, things like that, super easy to do. Uh, And, you know, in general, when we go through the process of injecting Botox or Dysport or Xeomin, you know, it's a very tiny needle. It's, you know, a couple little sticks. Yes, there is a risk of just, you know, little pinpoint bleeding, things like that, or just a tiny bit of bruising. Um, But overall, it's pretty, you know, pretty short and sweet procedure. So we can start at low doses. I can have people come back and we can kind of keep augmenting until we find a regimen that they like uh, in terms of its outcome. Now, I've heard about like Botox parties. I've heard (laughs) about like, you know, going to like a quote unquote spa, you know, Mm -hmm. is there a benefit or I mean, it sounds like this drug is pretty safe. Is there a reason that we should maybe like err towards going to a medical person rather than some of these other things? Yes, absolutely. And we, you know, so we talked a little bit about some of the risks. I just mentioned, you know, injection risks certainly are something to always think about, but making sure that whoever is injecting your face is intimately familiar with those muscles and the other things in the area that could get affected by your injection is so important, right? So one of the other common things that can happen if you're injecting around the eye, and especially if you're injecting in certain areas, is that 
toxin can diffuse and, and affect one of the upper you know muscles in your eyelid and basically give you a droopy eyelid. Oh. So that's something called ptosis. And especially for cosmetic things, it's a little bit less common, but you want to make sure that your injector is you know injecting in places where that's a much lower risk. Um, certainly we can treat that with um, eye drops and often it's it only you know acts for a few weeks even. But but yeah, there that's a small example of you want to make sure you're going to someone who knows what they're doing and you know can provide the treatment in the places that you want it, giving you the effect that you want in the dosage that you want. So yeah, you know, Botox injectors come in all sorts of varieties. I've I've even seen like dentist office offering Botox. Have you guys what? seen that? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which makes me, you know, I, I mean, I think if you're well-trained and, you know, have good results. Okay, for sure. But, but yeah, you, you just never know. And I think it's safer to make sure you're going to a place where, yeah, the person knows the face, knows the muscles, knows what they're doing, because while it's safe in general, you can have unwanted consequences and exactly like, you know, you can freeze out a face, you can cause droopy eyelids, you know, you can affect things like the smile overall. If you're doing masseter Botox, sometimes that can diffuse in different places. So you just want to make sure someone's really knowledgeable when they're doing it. Those are some really good tips on, uh, you know, how to look for a professional. And also, I love the fact that you said you should have a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and make sure that you feel comfortable with the person. Yes, that's, absolutely. Uh, that's going to do it for you. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to pass judgment, I guess, you know, like I think the Scott of 10 years ago and certainly the Scott of the South Dakota rancher that this is, is the, that is the son <laughs> of the South Dakota rancher would. But we're in a different world, right? So Botox is super useful for a lot of reasons beyond just appearance, if you want to get it for appearance too, I've considered it. So I would completely understand. So I want to find out where we are after our conversation. <laughs> we started out with the association game, Troy, Botox. Uh, teeth grinding. Okay. Wow. So we did change perception. That was one yeah. takeaway. And as we talked about it, I was grinding my teeth and I thought maybe I need this. <laughs> right. Oh my, I've been struggling with this forever. I got those, I have a little mouth guard thing that I wear most nights, right? And I'm still got sore muscles and it's like, oh, no, no duh. If we have something out there that can turn those muscles off for a bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mitch, Botox. Uh, toxin. My eyes. I don't know. Like, because that was what I what I'm thinking now is it's just like maybe I sh you know if it's if it's for the most part relatively short term like maybe I could try it and see if it's worthwhile to have th those those muscles near my eye frozen. Like I didn't fully realize that it was a like kind of a temporary thing. So I don't know. I might. It's I'm. I feel very different about it. You're more I'm, open to it now. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Akina. We appreciate having you on the show. And if you're listening, where are you about Botox after this episode? Have you ever used it uh, for other procedures, for your appearance, or any of the conditions we talked about? And how did it work for you? And then finally, is it legit for a man to care about their appearance and want to use Botox? If you have thoughts on any of those topics, you can email us, hello at thescoperadio.com. Thank you for listening. And thank you for caring about men's health.